the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast and I pray it's being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Recovery and Restoration. We Christians have an awesome God in our life who has made us awesome promises to do awesome things in our life. One of those awesome promises is found in Joel chapter 2. God tells us in his word that he'll restore everything that the devil has stolen and to devour from me and you. Yes, I said everything that the devil stole and or devoured from us. Now that's an awesome promise from an awesome God that'll have an awesome effect in our lives when he does what he says he'll do. The same word also teaches us that all we have to do for those awesome promises to manifest in the lives of me and you is believe and cooperate with God who made those awesome promises to me and you. And since believing, that is faith, comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, I'm excited by my privilege to share with you what the word of God has to say about the recovery and restoration that God wants to come your way. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Recovery and Restoration. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. We've been talking about recovery and restoration. This is a time where God wants to cause recovery and restoration of everything that the devil has stolen to come to me and you. He wants it to come back to us because it's ours. It's supposed to be ours. It's rightfully ours. And God wants to cause recovery and restoration to happen to me and you. Whereas all that which was lost, all that which was stolen, all that we gave away, all that we, we even planted on a given day, all of it is going to get a chance to start coming back to me and you. Hey, man, and I'm excited about it, too. But we're going to read the foundational text, do a brief review, move forward into today's stuff, which I'm telling you is going to bless you if you got an ear to hear what the Lord's going to say to you. Joel chapter 2, we'll begin reading at verse 21. And once again, please hear what he's going to say, because he's going to be talking to you today. Joel chapter 2, starting with verse 21, it says, Fear not, O land, be glad, and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree, and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain, moderately. And he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat. And the vat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten. The canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. 
and ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that he have dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. That's the word of the Lord to me and you. What God wants to cause recovery and restoration of all that it is that was stolen to be able to manifest itself back for me and you. Well, all that the canker worm, the palmer worm, and all the all those other worms and stuff, locusts and stuff, all they ate up, they about to they about to cough it up. Praise God and bring it back to me and you in full form in the way it was supposed to be originally when it came to me and you. And we found out in the teaching that he'll even restore it better than it was before. Well, it was, it was good before, but it'll be gooder when it come back through the door. It's going to come back with some little extra on it. Praise God. Like God going to do that for me and you. Whereas we gave up something that was powerful. God said, I'm about to give you something that back that's even more powerful. You, you, something was stolen from you in one form. I'm going to give it to you in a better form, even in the one that was originally given to you. Why? Because God loves us like that. And he wants to come through for us like that. We've been looking more recently at the recovery and restoration of substance. Of substance. I'm talking about stuff. Physical, tangible stuff. Stuff that you live in, drive in, wear. Come on up in here, eat, and, and all up in there. You know, stuff. Stuff that you have, stuff that you own, stuff that you possess. That's what God has for you. It's called the best. God wants to do some good things for you. He wants to cause a restoration of your stuff. But remember, we found out this is an opportunity that's given to me and you. Because book of John, 10th chapter, 10th verse says, But the thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that you, and I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Remember, we saw a might attached to that. Might means opportunity, which means this is an opportunity that's extended to you and me. Now, the question is, is what we're going to do with the opportunity that's been given you and me? We can either accept it or reject it. We could either go, go, go flow with it or we can go and never receive what God has in store for me and you. Well, I believe that I'm standing in the midst of a people that's going to receive what God has in store for them and step into the fullness of what God has in store for you. We're going to accept the opportunity that God has given to me and you and be able to go ahead and receive this awesome stuff that God has in store for me and you. But we found out, God said in his word, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land, which means we got to be willing. Anybody here willing? Good, because he can slide right back into the second part. And that's just obedient, which means that you'll follow his direction, follow his lead, do what he says, do. Operate in whatever he tells you to walk through the open doors of opportunity that he gives you and you'll step straight into your recovery and restoration to some degree until you eventually see all of it come back to thee as you keep walking through the doors that God gives to thee. We found out once again, God ain't new at this. This ain't his first rodeo. We looked all through scripture and found out many times where he restored people's stuff to themselves. Mm -hmm. We looked at the children of Israel and saw what he did for them. Praise God. That before they, uh, when he set them free, they didn't just walk out free. They walked out free, rich, and healed. Praise God. Why? Because God revealed to them what he wanted them to do before they even got up out of there and went to the place that he had in store for them to do what he wanted them to do. He told them, I want you to spoil those Egyptians. Praise God. Well, they did what God said do. And as a result of that, praise God, they walked out loaded. They walked out with everything that they didn't have before. But things that were rightfully theirs, God made sure that they got them and they, that, they get, that they had them. Praise God. We looked last time we got together, we looked at Mephibosheth. 
Praise God, Jonathan's son. Praise God. We look at Mephibosheth and we found out he was living in a place that he wasn't supposed to be living in, operating in a way that he wasn't supposed to operate. But he had accepted that that was the reality that he was going to live in. And he just figured that's the way it's going to be. But we found out it ain't got to be that way. Might start that way, but it don't end in that way. Because God, praise God, touched um, uh, uh, David's heart. Uh, yeah, in David's heart. And then David said, is there anybody from the house of Saul that I can be able to bless? And they told him about Mephibosheth, who was down there in the house of a salesman. Praise God. Whereas the people of God are the salesmen that tell us to live a life less than what God intended us to do. Because nothing to we somebody other than what God intended for me and you. He saw himself as a dead dog. Praise God. But yet at the same time, God said, no, you ain't. You, you's a prince. You's, you, you royalty. Praise God. And he told him that he was going to allow him to eat at his table and, and eat in his palace. And then sent people back to be able to work the land that he restored under them. That was that, that, that he never got. He restored the land to him and then sent some people out there to work that land too. Gave him some employees, praise God. And they went out and worked the land and then they would bring the, the produce back to him. But at the same time, he really didn't need it because he was already eating off the king's table. Which meant that he just had a lot of overflow. Well, that's what God wanted me and you to know. Because he wants us to know that the same way he did it for him, he'll do it for me and you too. But both of them had to accept an opportunity that was given to them. An opportunity that was given to them. They didn't have to step into that opportunity. When word came that David wanted to talk to Mephibosheth, based upon the false thinking that he had, he could have ran in the other direction and, and, and never received that, 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 that recovery of his stuff like he could have. When the children of Israel came out of Egyptian bondage and he told them, I want you to go spoil the Egyptians, they could have been like, I ain't going up there. I ain't knocking on that door. I ain't doing that. Praise God. And then they would have received none of that. Everybody else would have walked with all them bangles and jewelry and all that kind of stuff on earrings and diamonds and, and, and onyx and all that kind of stuff that God wanted to use to do what he wanted to do. The other people would have had it, but they wouldn't have had it because they didn't believe that it could happen for them. I'm trying to talk to you today because many times when opportunities open themselves up to me and you, many times we are the one who won't walk through it and step through the opportunity that God has in store for me and you. But we have to be able to understand that we can't be fearing anything or be hesitant about things when God opened doors to me and you. We got to walk through that door and step into what he has in store for me and you. That's why I said in verse 21, fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice for the Lord will do great things. But notice the first thing he said is fear not. Don't begin to think something's going to happen to you that I said is not going to happen to you. Or don't think that something is not going to happen for you that I want to happen for you. Don't think that. You got to be able to move forward into what God has in store for you. Verse 22, be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the, for the tree beareth her fruit. The fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. But he tell them, be not afraid. Why is that? Because many times fear can be able to cause us to not step into what God has in store for me and you. Whereas it can cause us to become hesitant about moving forward into what God has in store for us. Same way the children of Israel could have been hesitant about going to spoil the Egyptians. The same way Mephibosheth could have been hesitant about going to, to, to the presence of the king. It's the same way we can step into that thing that God has in store for me and you and be able to be hesitant too. That's why when recognizing that God really has opened a door for me and you to receive the recovery and restoration of the substance that he has in store for me and you. It's important that we see the door for what it is. And not expect it to be the way that we think it should be. 
that we should see the door for the, the, the door for what it is and not see it the way that we think that it should be. Because if the truth is anywhere near told, and I ain't scared to tell the truth, a lot of us, praise God, we will walk within the parameters of what we can have faith in, in and of ourselves, rather than open, walk through the wide open door that God has for us that takes us outside of ourselves. Well, we'll be hesitant to be able to step in if the, if the thing don't line up the way that we think it should line up. And we'll miss out on the opportunity that God has already lined up for us to be able to step into what he has in store for you. See, the open door for the recovery and restoration of your substance might not look like you think it should look. I said the open door for your recovery and restoration of your substance might not look like you think it should look. The open door might not look like an open door. It's an open door, but it might not look like an open door. But it is. In fact, it is what it is. It's an open door. But you've got to be able to recognize it as that so that you can step in and receive all of that that God has in store for you. See, if God said it is, it is. If God opened a door for you, then that door is open for you. Don't matter what it look like. Don't matter what people say. Don't matter what happened to you on a previous day. You just got to be able to step into what God has in store for you when that opportunity presents itself to you. See, it's what God has set up for you to be able to receive the recovery and restoration of your substance, regardless of what it seems like to you. Because it might seem like something that is not what you think it is, and therefore you won't step into the, the open door for what it is. You'll, it'll look to you like something that may bring fear to you. It may look to you as something that you don't even want to get near to. But yet God will say, move forward. And I got something on the other side of your obedience waiting on you. See, God often offers, he often offers opportunities to people who otherwise would be considered to be the least likely people. Not only is the circle, not only is the open door not look like it's what it should be, but many times God will open doors of opportunity to people who will be considered the least likely a person to be able to receive what he has in store for them. But it doesn't matter what they look like. The only thing that matters is if they see the opportunity that's before them, if they believe God, and if they step forward into the opportunity that God has set before them. All that matters is that you see the opportunity that's set before you. See with God's eyes, not your eyes. Believe God. Because remember, God knows more than you. You operate based upon the limited knowledge you have, but God knows much more than you. And you you believe God. And then you step forward into the opportunity that's been set before you. Because God is the kind of God who chooses to do things for people who would otherwise be considered ineligible to receive what he has in store for them. I said God does things for people who otherwise would seem ineligible for what he has in store for them. First Corinthians chapter 1, please. See, a lot of us, we got faith within our eligibility. We got faith like a mug when, as long as we're eligible. Just like everybody know God's a provider while they got a job. Ah, my God's a provider. Lose it. Week one. Oh, Lord. Week two. Lord, what's up with you? Week three. Faith is gone from thee. Week, week four. You sitting outside when we come to open up the door. So you can wet up the tan line. And try to get God to come through at that time. When God always had you. 
You can still come and wet up the sand line. We ain't got a problem with that. Praise God. Amen. But a lot of times we have faith as long as it's within the parameters of our recognized eligibility. But what will you do when you ain't eligible for what God wants to do for you? Children of Israel was not eligible to go knock on the Israelites' door. They're slave masters less than 24 hours ago. And say, give me your stuff before I get up out of here. Ignore that you're sitting there crying and sobbing over the death of your, your, your child or your, or your dog or your, your firstborn canary or whatever. You're sitting there snobbing and crying. Forget all that. You know, go get me this stuff. Go get me that stuff. And let me get up out of here. They weren't eligible to do that. Mephibosheth, in his mind, was not eligible to be able to step even in the king's presence. But an open door was set before him. Open door was set before them. And an open door is going to be set before you. And your qualifications for it ain't got to have nothing to do with what God's going to do for you. We in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. You there yet? Good. I'm glad you got there. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. See, God chooses to do things for and through people who others would have not chosen to do. Starting with verse 24. It says, but unto them which are called, yep, but unto them which are called, both Jew and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Notice the power of God and the wisdom of God. Those two things we always need to concern ourselves with is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Number one is the power of God. Number two is the wisdom of God. What's number one? And what's number two? See, we, one of the things that we have an awesome opportunity to be able to operate within as being God's son and his daughter and his friend is that we got a chance to operate within the power of God and with the power of God and with the wisdom of God. God knows the true insight into a matter. That's why he's, he's a wise God and he'll share wisdom with you. And tell you what to do in a situation that's facing you. Or tell you what to do to walk through an open door that he's presented to you. And the power of God is going to be there. That as you move forward into what God has in store for you, the power of God will manifest itself and cause things to be able to happen for you that otherwise couldn't happen for you. The miraculous power of God. The life-changing power of God will manifest in your life. Because that's, that's, we got it like that. Look at your neighbor and say, we got it like that. But look at this. Verse 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than man. For you see your calling. He makes it personal now. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the mighty, the mighty, confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised have God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. That how much flesh should glory in his presence? That no flesh should glory in his presence. Well, God tells us here about a calling. Of course, we know the ultimate calling is the calling unto salvation. But there, there's also the calling to the ministry or the calling to do whatever God wants you to do. Or it's even a calling to be able to step into what God's got planned for you. It's always a calling. He said, but the, because the foolish things, 
He said, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see that you foresee your calling, brother. Now, the word calling right there is the word for invitation. So you see your invitation, brother. It's an invitation. See, any calling of God is always an invitation. Any calling of God is always an invitation. It's one that you can accept or reject. Just like you receive invitations in the mail to go someplace, you either accept them or reject them. You see, you receive invitations in the mail, whether it's snail mail or email, to be able to go places, and you can either accept them or reject them. The choice is yours. You can be like, I'm going. Or you say, nah, not tonight. I ain't going. Or, shoot, yeah, I'm going to be there. I can't wait to be there. Or, no, nah, I don't think I'm going to be going there. Now, you can have various reasons for why you do what you do, but whatever reason you choose, it can either cause you to accept it or reject it. The choice is yours. It's that way also with anything that God is calling us to do, whether it's his using us, we understand it with that one, or with his making something available to us. It's still by invitation. Well, God is inviting us to be able to come and receive what he has in store for us, inviting us to step into the life that he's opened the door for us to be able to step into. He's inviting us to be able to achieve and receive the things that he has in store for me and you, not just to do in relationship to be used by him, even though that's true. But it's also to be able to receive what it is that he has in store for me and you. It's an invitation. Somebody say invitation. And notice he said, not many wise are called. Let's read it. Verse 26. He said, for you see your calling, brethren, how there are not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Now, when he said wise, he's talking about wise in, in any general sense, wise in any general sense. But so, and, and, and not many mighty are called. That word mighty right there means powerful or capable. Somebody say capable. capable. Powerful or capable capable. Somebody say capable. capable. Which means that people with the capability may not be invited to be able to do what God wants them to do or sometimes even receive what God has in store for them. They already have the capability. But God's going to call people who don't have the capability to be able to do something or to be able to receive something. And not many noble. The word noble means well-born. Well-born. Like you're born from the right family or born from the right side of the tracks. Or you're a person that a person can be able to look at and or look up at, at, at where you're from or, or, or what your background is and be able to say, oh, yeah, I want you. God said, that's not who I usually call. Amen. That word called right there means invited. That's not who's he, usually I, who I invite. That doesn't mean he doesn't invite them. He said, but that's not usually who he calls. Well, you might ask the question, well, why won't God call many wise men or ones who are mighty or noble? Why won't he call them? Why he exclude them? Well, the reason why is because they're too wise, too mighty, and too noble. Too wise. Not because they're wise, but they're too wise. Not because they're mighty, but they're too mighty. And not because they're noble, but they're too noble. Oh, folks, you say that they're too wise, too mighty, and too noble for their own good. Hey, man. Well, Scripture shows us why that they're too wise, too mighty, and too noble for their own good. It's because they're wise after the flesh. That when God opens a door for them to be able to step into what God has in store for them, they too wise according to the world's wisdom to step into what God has in store for them. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed by what the Word of God had to say. Brothers and sisters, 
It's good to be loved by a God who made such an awesome promise as the one he made to us in Joel chapter 2, that he will restore everything that the devil has stolen from me and you. Our God is awesome enough and loves us enough to bring that awesome promise to pass in the lives of me and you. Let's love him enough to let him do for me and you what he promised in his word that he'll do. Let's let God bring the recovery and restoration that he promised to bring into the lives of me and you. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. If you're in San Antonio or visiting San Antonio and surrounding areas, come visit us at Word of Faith Christian Center. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation and you're in need of a ride, no problem, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be more than glad to come and get you. And don't forget, saints, make sure that you're in church on Sunday. If you're not at work, every child of God needs to be in their father's house on Sunday. Radio and internet are great, but there's nothing like being in the house of God. That's far, far greater than radio and internet. I agree with the psalmist who said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So don't miss this awesome opportunity of being in church with other God-loving, God-fearing, God-worshiping believers this Sunday. The Bible says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as ye see the day approaching. And that day is flat out approaching. Saying to God, make it a point to be in your father's house on Sunday. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast next week for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you next week.